0: Good day to y'all. This is Chip the Block. I'm host of the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we are broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So thanks for being with us during the lunch hour, that 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern time time slot. And look, I'm going to introduce our crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have attorney Ken Afianco. We also have Lieutenant Bob Kroll um, all the way from uh, Minneapolis. I can't remember what state that's in, but uh, yeah, Minneapolis. Yes, I'm looking at his shirt. Huge Minnesota on the front. Uh, we've got Corporal David D. Agresta in Florida. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. Also, a special shout out to Brian Burns for the Free Press for carrying our content. And hey, huge shout out Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media. We are streaming to three of their Facebook pages right now, uh, with approximately one million followers. So thanks for the opportunity. Uh, we've got a, a, as usual, a great lineup. You know, I'm I'm, Watching the news of uh, this morning, watching Newsmax, and then who appears? I hear this name, Randy Sutton, and so it grabs my attention. Of course, you know, our panelists, Randy Sutton, so they, yeah, they have Lieutenant Randy Sutton talking about the potential indictment of uh, former president Donald Trump on there. And so, you know, uh, to the rest of the panelists, you know, uh, Bob, I think it's it's nice to know that that we played a part in, in making Randy who he is, you know, when we see him on TV, I think all of us here can agree that, you know, Randy would not be where he is today. Had it not been for us kind of like, you know, trailblazing that, that platform, right. Could, you it. could never done it without
1: him. And, and, you know, good thing he followed in our footsteps, uh, footsteps and <laughs> surpassed us.
0: I, I, you know, I, yeah, I hope he remembers where he came from, you know, we can right. tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so look, uh, I was thinking, you know, we've got, look, we had Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman on the show all week last week, Monday through Friday. It was a, look, it was a great week. And of course we had him on the show a, a, a couple of weeks before that. And I, I think he had such a, a good time that he signed it for the whole week. So we're going to have him back um, from what I believe it's going to be in May. So stay tuned for more information about that. Uh, but uh, because we've uh, had a special agenda that we were doing last week, I got some great information about, you know, suicide on killing, hunting, um, and the last friday's episode we were talking about um the stats being skewed very educational and of course we had faith based stuff on wednesday so um if you guys missed that you can go into our youtube channel legalroundtable.com and get caught up on on all that content from the colonel uh you know i kn- wanted to start off with a uh, with a video though right now for our first story and look a lot of stories in the news have a video component so for our podcast and radio listeners we're describing great detail what's going on so you'll feel like you're missing out on anything and then after we cover that we'll get to some of our updates where we've got cops being arrested and fired and acquitted Uh, All kinds of stuff going on, and we've got a lot of that information that we've got to go through. So uh, without wasting any more time, let's go to our very first one. And look, this is on Rumble. I think it's the best video channel out there. It's called This is Butter. So recommend that you go there, uh, support them, and check them out. So we have a body cam of a police shooting outside a Fresno store, and it's released when uh, responding to a disturbance. So...
2: Right, sir, how you doing? All
3: right, thank
2: you. you you doing all right because you pulled over the curb and all that, too. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, just put it in for me for a minute. Uh,
3: uh, all right, you. Uh, yeah. Oh.
2: You put yeah, put in Yeah, put in Get out of the car, man. Get out of the car. Hey, stop it. Stop stop, 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 stop! Stop!
3: Get out! Get out! Get out! Stop! You're gonna get shot! Get You're gonna get shot! Stop. Get out! Stop. 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 stop! He's
2: not responding, put hey, on the gas Hey!
1: I'm moving in! I'm moving
2: in! <laughs> hey, stand down, stand down
0: Uh, the fresno police department and so i what fresno california uh released on friday body cam footage from an incident on december the 23rd so just before christmas when an officer involved shooting took place so early in the morning on friday december the 23rd 2022 officers from the fresno police department they respond to a disturbance between a man and a woman and where else Late at night, would it be uh, other than a 7-Eleven, right? So the caller tells police that a woman was hiding inside the store after her boyfriend had assaulted her. The attacker was driving around near the store. So the girlfriend escaped the car without her boyfriend knowing she hid inside the store after asking employees and customers to call the police. So cops get there. They uh, saw a man in a driver's seat of a car parked in a stall that's in front of the store. So the driver was later identified as 37-year-old Michael Alvarez. So two officers, they end up approaching the car. They give Alvarez repeated commands to turn off the car and the exit. A third officer positions his patrol car behind the suspect's vehicle. So he fails to follow the officer's orders, of course. He abruptly puts his car in reverse, and he starts to back up. He ends up striking one of the officers. And this is like with the uh, the side mirror on the driver's side as she stood next to the driver's side door. So you got a female officer on the driver's side. The second officer was also nearly struck by Alvarez's vehicle and collided. He collided with the third officer's patrol car while the officer was still seated inside the car. So the third officer, he gets out of the patrol car, gave additional commands to Alvarez to stop. And of course he did not comply and he drove his vehicle toward the, the other two officers and the store where customers were inside. So Alvarez reversed again, drives towards the third officer. Third officer ends up Discharged the firearm strikes him once he drives forward and he strikes a, a parked car that's occupied by fiber uh, with a, a, the, the, the chicken, it was two months pregnant and the suspect was listed as critical, but stable condition. But I know that when he, after he was shot, I guess his foot was on the uh, gas and uh, you know, it, it, I guess you're kind of wondering, is he trying to get away? Is he trying to go over the, the barricade into the store wall, whatever. So we, we learned that, that it was from the, uh, uh, from the shooting. Uh, but look, a, a wild video. Commentary on this guy's breakdown feelings, any surprises here on this, Lieutenant Kroll?
1: Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting in these times to see if what they do with the officers. And the reason I say that in in the days, just days after the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis, we had a very similar one. And a bad guy backed into the squad car and the copper shot at it in fear for his life. Um, they went after him both internally and criminally. He, he, he won both. He defeated the criminal charge. He was found not guilty. And um, uh, they, they put a case against him, an IA case. They investigated and he was cleared of any wrongdoing there. But they did put that copper through the ringer. And when I saw that, it's very similar circumstances. The guy's not armed. You know, from their perspective, what was he going to do? Did he, was he going to hit the officer? Was it just hitting the, the car? Uh, Did he have to be stopped? But I'm sure in these given times, all of that stuff is going to fall under great scrutiny. And I don't think that this is the end, unfortunately, for these cops. I I don't have a problem with it personally uh, or professionally, but I just I fear what the uh, what where it goes from here if they go on a witch hunt on the cops on this.
0: Interesting, yeah. and, and David, David, what about the time? I guess that I always look at the timing of the shot too, and I know that there's a delay with the brain. You got to process the information, and you got to tell your trigger finger when to do it, yeah, and then when the uh, stop too. I'm with Bob
3: on the on the shooting itself. I don't have a, a real big problem with, but this is one of those situations where you look at it and you come to realize that that small details or small lapses in tactics end up adding up to a. A larger problem down the road as Bob fears may be. And this is one of those circumstances and I've harped on this many, many times before. If you're going to block a car in, block the dang thing in. Put your push bumper within inches, if not a little kiss to their bumper so that they can move the very least that they possibly can. Now there's always a chance that he's going to go over curbs and, and crash into buildings. Yes, but you've got to do in my opinion, you've got to do every single thing you possibly can to immobilize that vehicle um, on the spot. If if you have uh, the the idea that a crime is committed, you need to detain that person. They are a danger at this point, and they and, and they need to be detained. Period. <clears throat> the other thing that that Bob didn't mention is that on both sides of this car, the two not only the two officers were, were standing, but there were two civilians. In the cars parked right next to this car, so as he's starting to play bumper cars, and the cops are getting out of the way, and they did. The two cops on either side of the car, they bailed, they jumped out of the way and ran out, you know, got away from it, which is good. They should have, but you still have two civilians on either side of this guy as he's playing bumper cars. So it's not just him backing into the cop car that's the big deal, but as he goes forward and cracks the the other civilians in their cars, now you you you've opened up a whole another can of worms on that. So from that perspective, I think the shooting is going to be cleared, but it's going to be one of those ones where, like Bob said, I'm afraid that they're going to get pulled through the keyhole a little bit hard, and they may lose a little skin over it. Go ahead, Ken.
2: Yeah, barring the tactical, as you pointed out, I I would feel comfortable defending these officers in that situation. That was a completely justified shooting and use of deadly force. He was trying to kill officers. He wasn't simply trying to get away. He knew where the officers were, so I didn't have a problem with the actual shooting in and of itself.
0: You know, I, you bring up, thanks, Ken. Uh, you bring up, I know you're up close and personal kind of a guy, Dave, and uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't know why these guys don't at least tap that bumper, um, but I guess you could also argue that if that police car would have rolled up against the rear bumper of that car, he would not have been able to back up and his mirror would not have been able to clip the female officer outside the driver's door, you know, at, yeah, as well.
3: Yes. Um, and also the, the idea that, you know, and we, we see this problem a lot with police officers. You want to go to where the action is. You want to go where the problem is. You want to go to it. And in this case, I, I, like to, I like for officers to stay in their lane, so to speak. If your job is to pin that vehicle in, you are in an SUV and you have taken the position, we'll call it, to pin that vehicle in, stay on task. Don't leave your vehicle. Stay with it and work to continue to pin that vehicle. You have two other officers that you have to give them their ability to do their job and they're in their lane. Allow them to deal with the bad guy in the car and you stay in yours and maintain your position. Don't get out. Stay in the car. Stay strapped in and stay on the gas and hold that car you know, pinned when he starts to put it in reverse or drive or whatever. You keep driving him into, into the building if you have to, to pin him down where he cannot move. So that was the other thing is, guys, stay in your lane. Focus on the job that you have. Let the other guys and girls do their jobs, and it'll all come together for you. Promise. Okay, good point, good point.
0: All right, guys, uh, we've got about a minute before our first commercial break, so I'm going to get into um, some updates. And look, I, I call this cops fired, charged, acquitted, and sued. Um, pretty much everything in that in that category. Some of the stuff we've covered before, and there are there are updates on where we're at on some of this action. Um, this stuff is on lawobster.com, police1, NBCnews.com, and policetribune.com. So the very first story, we'll get through as much of it as we can before the break. And then afterwards, we'll just jump right back into it. But we got four uh, Hawaii officers charged in 2021 pursuit crash that paralyzed a teenager. So uh, we're in Honolulu. So these four Honolulu police officers, they face felony charges in connection with a September 2021 police pursuit that ended in a crash that the officers allegedly fled and conspired to cover up. So the uh, charges, they come about 18 months after the September 12, 2021 incident And uh and I guess it started when three of the officers responded to a noise complaint in Molly Beach Park to look up. Hold that thought, we'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP has been supporting the law enforcement profession for over fifteen years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The motion DSP software easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise. You can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. A Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source, using motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology. It Automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement so- filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by going to Motion DSP. Dot com. All right, welcome back to Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. So look, we are in Honolulu, Hawaii. We're talking about uh, these uh, cops that got jammed up. They've been charged with felony charges. And actually, I just read last night that they are pleading not guilty. And so we're in Maui Beach Park. Officer Joshua Nehulu, 37 years old, charged with collisions involving death or serious bodily injury for allegedly causing the crash. And that left the driver of a white 2004 uh, I guess a 2000, a four door Honda Civic with traumatic brain injury. And it, it kind of, you know, there's a lot of accusations going here, but they say that the officer faces a class B felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison. And the other officers involved, uh, 25 years old, 35 years old, uh, were charged with hindering prosecution in the first degree It's a class C felony. And they can go to the jail for up to five years. And it just goes on to give more information about the charges and stuff. Attorneys in a civil suit against the city allege. That officer Nehu uh, Nehulu uh, had a long-running feud with uh, Jonathan Perkins uh, Singapati, the driver of the car which had six people in it when it crashed, and that uh, this guy, the driver, suffered brain damage, was on life support after the crash, is pursuing a civil action against the officer. So, um, and look, these uh, we usually don't get into a lot of detail on these updates. So, if there's no comments on that, this is just an update. I'll move on to the next story, but that's what's going on in Hawaii. So. Moving along, since we don't have anyone comment on this one, uh, let's see. Our next story is going to be in Oregon. We have state police. They settle a fatal officer-involved lawsuit. It's a shooting, and they're going to pay $1.6 million, and they're going to apologize to the victim's wife. So this is in Josephine County, Oregon. Uh, so the state of Oregon is going to pay one just over $1.5 million to settle a wrongful death lawsuit. And the, in the fatal shooting, a 55-year-old man by two state troopers eight years ago in this rural county. So Oregon State Police Superintendent Casey Coding, uh, they also signed a brief letter of apology to Bernadette uh, Bernie Box, the widow of the man that was killed. His name is Robert Clinton and uh, Robert Clinton Box. And so she was on the phone with her husband at the time and she heard the gunshots and the uh, settlement was reached before, a trial was set to start on Tuesday, so the Oregon Court of Appeals ruled that Trooper Gregory Smith and Trooper Heather West, they trespassed actually on the property of Box uh, before they ended up shooting him, and that they were responding to a report of a domestic assault, uh, but as they're on their way, dispatchers updated them that the alleged victim, uh, Box's daughter, had already left the home and was on her way to the hospital. So the state police supervisors and the co-workers, they knew that our Smith was a was a bad guy or lengthy he had a lengthy document history of making poor decisions using dangerous tactics and leading to his removal from the state uh, police SWAT team in late February on 2015 just three months before uh, she he shot Robert Bach so uh, but they turned a blind eye, failed to critically evaluate the fitness for duty and remove him from a patrol car and it kind of went south from there. So that's the uh, update on I guess on that settlement before it goes to trial and maybe after reading that maybe it's a good thing they didn't go to the trial David.
3: Yeah, this this is um, an example of the northwest, uh, Washington State and Oregon, uh, Seattle and Portland, um, lovely, lovely vacation spots. I think Bob was going to buy a place out there. I'm not sure. Anyways, um, you know it's it's starting to uh, it's starting to truly rot. I mean, you see more and more articles, and this is just an example uh, that we you guys talked about. I wasn't on the show. You talked about San Francisco. And they're hiring practices now where there's almost no, there is almost none. They're not doing psychological exams, nothing, nothing. It's just come be a cop. You're fine. How's that going to turn out? And now you have the state of Washington just is trying to pass a law. I don't think they did. Where police officers are not going to be required to speak English. Let me say that again. The state of Washington is trying to pass a law that says that to be a police officer you don't have to speak english i I, i'll i'll just kind of leave it at that let bob or ken or whoever wants to vomit on screen (laughs) pick that up from there
1: i i completely agree with everything david said with the exception of me looking to move there if you think there's (laughs) one place that's more loony than minnesota there it is um that place. But I, I do have to disagree with that. They, they thought they were trespassing. I don't care if your victim's on the way to the hospital. You're responding to a domestic situation. You've got a duty to investigate. So when you arrive there, whether she's gone or not, there could be evidence there available. There could be other victims inside. There could be other people in danger. How does that equate to trespassing? You're called there on a 911 call. That negates any trespassing. You've got every legal right to be there. And I don't know the history that we, this has came up before we, we've reviewed it before for the show, but what is the history in this situation? As I recall, a guy came out with a gun, if I'm remembering the right clip and they encountered him and shot, um, uh, but this is just give it away. And, and again, there come be a cop here because who in their right mind would, maybe they have to open it up to people that can't speak English. Cause if you've got any common sense, you're not going to be a cop in those areas. It's, it's crazy, but, uh. Just give money away. Just keep giving money away till it's all gone. I guess for the state. And then what are you going to do to hire police officers that actually should be police officers there? Let yeah, us see what, at its finest.
3: What What's the statement? Um, uh, socialism goes great until they run out of other people's money.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. You know we and we've gone. Remember we before February first. This was just a two hour radio program once a week. So now we're you know an hour a day, five hours a week, right? And we could just take content from. The state of uh, Washington, Oregon, and California. And we would have, we would, we would leave stories on the table that we don't have time to get to. I mean, is that not just amazing? Those, those three states alone will keep us in business for a long time. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Uh, Let's jump over to Georgia real quick. We've got about a minute and a half before our next break. So, a former Georgia sheriff is convicted of civil rights abuses and he's facing a prison sentence. So, Uh, Yeah, it just uh, we've got a lot of these. So former Georgia sheriff convicted of violating the civil rights of people in his custody by unnecessarily strapping them into restraint chairs. And he's set to be sentenced um, with prosecutors seeking several years in prison. And it it says here, I got a note, he got 18 months in prison. So that happened Um, in a a, a jury in October, convicted Sheriff Victor Hill, who was sheriff of Clayton County Sheriff's Office uh, just south of Atlanta on six of seven federal charges against him. His trial included about a week of testimony from more than three dozen witnesses, including the men who were restrained. Prosecutors said that he ordered detainees strapped into restraint chairs at the county jail for hours, even though they posed no threat or uh, and they uh, I guess they complied with deputy's instructions. So the use of the chairs was unnecessary. According to the article, was improperly used as punishment and caused pain and bodily injury in violation of the uh, civil rights of seven men. Uh, this is what the prosecutor said. The defense attorneys argued that Hill legally used restraining chairs to keep order at the jail, did not overstep his authority, and they argued that he had no intention of violating civil rights laws, yada, yada. We'll cover that in one second. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, let's talk about Gals at com slash Leo. Yes, they are the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement and that's right i did say uniform and clothing more about that in a second but look they have a variety of offerings offerings everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear uh i think it's always fairly safe to say that they pretty much have everything but guns and ammunition so yes their uniform and clothing uh you know they are like they were they were at the at the cutting edge you know Gauls has progressed over the years i kind of feel like i grew up with Gauls. And, you know, they used to have these big catalogs and now they've evolved to where their everything's their e-commerce site. Everything's electronic. If you have a if you're in law enforcement, almost everything on your duty belt is made or supplied by Gulls at Gulls slash Leo. If you have a uniform program at your department, which almost certainly you do, uh, they will not let you down into you know, my former agency and David's Tampa Police Department. They have a Gulls office right in the lobby. And that's where they use it now. So Gulls Leo. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication copays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. Okay, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. You know we've been talking about a well, really cops that have got jammed up, and we've got a former Georgia sheriff, uh, and it is uh, what Sheriff Victor Hill, who was convicted of civil rights abuses, and he's facing prison sentence, and actually got 18 months. Uh, so I just finished talking about that before the break. If uh, if there's comments on that, great. If not, I will move on to our next one then. And this is kind of getting, you know, we didn't do it, get a lot of updates done over the last week. Uh, we had a special guest, and that was great with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. So moving along here, we've got 18 female prison guards who have been, who I guess, guards fired and quit after wild sex claims uncovered at the cushiest UK United Kingdom prison. Yes, I can detect a little smile across Lieutenant Kroll's face. Yes, I'm wondering how you would represent these people, Kroll. Uh, anyhow, these 18, 18 guards, I mean, wow. So in Great Britain, I mean, this is how they this is how they roll across the pond, I guess. So a flurry, look, I'm just kind of reading from the article here, a flurry of sordid sexual encounters has led to the termination and or resignation of at least 18 female prison guards in the UK's cushiest prison. I should be asking Attorney uh um, Ken Afieko, how, how he'd represent them also. So the compromising trysts include claims of sex inside the cells, exchange of racy photos, and one female guard smuggling her underwear to a male inmate, according to reports. I'm assuming it was worn underwear, not cleaned. Uh, so it says that uh, this uh, HMP, or Burren, is Great Britain's largest correctional facility after it opened in 2017. It's known for its superior conditions, was previously considered the U.K.'s cushiest prison. However, it's been hit with various eye-popping claims of sexual misconduct and inappropriate relationships between guards and inmates with three former workers sentenced in a 2019 scandal, and that was reported in the Mirror. And so these documents uh, that were obtained, uh, they had did information requests over there, and they show that the inappropriate relationships removed were, I guess, they're more widespread in that than had been publicly known. And anyhow, it kind of goes on and on about the British news outlets reported that the 18 women who were fired or resigned uh, it was a, a single lockup facility and it is apparently a new record. I don't know which kind of record you want to, you know, you want to be known for. But look, I'm not going to read the names of the guards involved and stuff, but uh, I've got to have some commentary on this. Ken, start us off. How would you, what would you do? Have you had any, number one, Ken, have you had an experience similar to this where you've had to represent anyone on li- something like this? And, and if not, then, then go for it.
2: Before I answer that question, I'll say this. If I ever go to prison in England, I'm going to request to go to that prison. That's absolutely for sure. That being said, I had a bizarre case in Pinellas County one time where a jail inmate was being coerced into giving oral sex to a male guard. And they wired him up with a wire. And sure enough, it happened just like he said, and they arrested the deputy on the spot and booked him in the very jail he was working at. And, and that was probably the most troubling one I've ever seen. It, it was really out there. The, the, when he reported it, the, the the deputies didn't believe him. So they wired him up. And sure enough, it happened just like he said. So it, that one was a little bizarre. But yes, we occasionally have people in prison and people in the jail having relationship with guards. It does happen. It, it, they're super hard to defend because we all know the jail and the prison, there's cameras everywhere. So a, anyway, yes, I've had my share of defending those people.
0: Oh, wow. Well, okay. Yes. Lieutenant Kroll. I got to hear Chip, it. Chip, I just feel bad for it. Cause I know you're
1: reading a lot of these stories, so you can't enjoy David's facial reactions to your commentary. It is spot on hilarious. <laughs> I'm cracking up over here. while you're missing it, but. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, if if I got my choice of community service there for a crime I've been convicted of, or do the time, send me to the jail. I guess, huh? <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. But uh, seriously, I mean, where, where are the backgrounds? Uh, you know, I got, apparently they experience some of the same problems that we have here. Any kind, any type of background behaviors and, and checks and balances, whether you got cameras operating or what. But uh, uh, they're, they're probably the tip of the iceberg of what's occurring in there too. Eight.
3: 18 uh, guards, 18, which means there's probably more than that. Oh, yeah. 18. Talk about the – I mean, that gives a whole another term to the – a whole nother meaning to the word cushy prison. Wow. Yeah.
0: You know, David, I don't usually – I usually try to put things in my own words as I'm looking at articles, but this thing was just written so spectacularly. I just had to use most of the verbiage that was in the article. It was just amazing. I kind of, it almost made me feel like I was there, but without, without the benefit, you know, but wow. Yeah.
3: Well, did, did you say you were going on vacation soon? I, I am. mean, in, It gives a whole, April. it gives another whole nother um, meaning to the, to the term of, of what was it? Sex tourism. You go to British, go over there, commit a crime and, you get a free place to stay and, and services all, all in the same place.
0: Now, I'll discuss that with my wife and let you know what she says. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Anyhow, uh, look, let's move along. We've got another one here. We have a Florida man paralyzed by an officer who meant to use a taser, not a gun, in a 2021 shooting. And that Florida man filed lawsuit. So it may surprise you guys to hear that we're actually in Fort Lauderdale on this one. So for Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So a Florida man left paralyzed when a police officer shot him after mistaking his handgun for a stun gun like we've never heard that happen before. Right. Fought a lawsuit on Wednesday against the city and the officer and others saying that my life got destroyed. So Michael Ortiz is seeking an unspecified um, amount of but millions of dollars from the city of Hollywood, Florida and the Hollywood police officer, Henry Andrews. And um, it says Andrews is 50 years old who was also facing a misdemeanor charge for the 2021 shooting and one of several over the past uh, 20 years where officers say that they uh, mistook the gun for the taser. So there's a, uh, the federal civil rights lawsuit also names officer Deontay roots and officer uh, Johnny uh, Jimenez, who were subduing Ortiz when Andrews ended up shooting him. So uh, this, the story just gets better and better. So Ortiz speaking at a press conference said that not only was his life ruined, uh, or, or has been destroyed. Uh, but so as his mother's, as she has to change his diapers, provide other care. Uh, he had called 911 for help while suffering a mental health crisis before he was shot while handcuffed on the ground. Here's a quote saying, "She's treating me like I'm six months old." And this is Ortiz. He's 43 years old and he's paralyzed from the chest down. Apparently, uses a wheelchair. He owes three million dollars in medical costs and he'll need lifetime care. And his attorney is a guy named Ben Crump. We've heard that name before. And it, anyhow, in responding to a difficult and chaotic situation, Officer Andrews intended to deploy his taser, mistakenly discharges firearm. There was absolutely no intent to harm in this case. And these are the people representing, you know, the officer. So not a uh, not a great situation to be in. Um, any commentary on this, guys? If not, I'll move on. But yes, we have yet another one. Someone got shot instead of the taser. David, Wait, there's a there's a crow in the in this article. Who's who's
3: Kroll?
1: <laughs> like I saw what? that, no relation, no Didn't relatives down south whatsoever, no, <laughs> wow. no, nope, nope. uh, uh, but you know what, hauntingly familiar, it said there was 20 some cases in the last, in the last, how many years, I don't remember it yet, but, but it's, you know, we got our own near and dear here, Kim Potter is uh, still serving a prison term, Minneapolis suburb, where she mistook the, the taser for a gun to kill the guy, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah there, there's thing. gotta be better training here, I mean, to, to separate the two. Fortunately, I never but had
3: the, a taser. Yeah, the the attorney Kroll is saying that you know the filing it's it's uh, obviously civilly ne- negligent, but the criminal charges aren't appropriate. So, given the circumstances, but we'll see how that turns out.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with that. I mean, the, and and I know later on in the article the officers you know given testimony saying, look, I honestly thought that I had the taser, and I and I I don't I don't think there's any reason to disbelieve the officer, but but yeah, they were trying to make it a criminal thing out of a civil thing. Uh, I'm curious what the judge is going to do, too. Um, if there's no more com- commentary, and uh, thanks uh, thanks to uh, both Krolls on this story. So uh, we've got another story here, but this one's got a video component, and we're going to jump to Colorado where our uh, panelist uh, MVS is at. So there's a video component. So, again, for, uh, for our radio and podcast listeners, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't miss out on anything. Colorado deputy cleared in a fatal shooting of a man resisting arrest in a carpool line. Oh
2: so what'd God. you do? I, I just want to hear your side of the story, man. Oh, you're talking, dude, I straight up thought that that was my freaking, my car, that's all it was. You thought it was your car over yeah. here? Uh, well, quite I mean, sure I, just, I you... straight up thought that was my car. Uh-huh. Okay. I and, and what car was I it? That, I thought it was my mom. I was, I was yelling at her. I was yelling at her. I thought that because I, I knew
3: she was in there. I don't even
2: know that lady.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what she was freaking out about, right? Hey, but she
3: was like,
2: oh, but when she started driving, I'm like, oh, I was like, oh man, and I was and I was like, lady, I'm sorry. I was like, I did not, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that was and that's that's what happened. Okay. Seriously. Are you under the influence? of Anything?
1: No. Okay. You have an ID with you? my. Do you not. have any
2: weapons? Uh. Do you have any weapons? I don't think so. I had a pocket You now. don't it think so? Don't go now. Would Would you just sticking around?
0: Really? No, there's a oh. pill, Let me go. Get up! Get up! Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Stop, stop,
3: stop, stop,
0: stop, stop. Stop resisting, bro. So you guys might remember the story and uh you know, this is the guy that they were yanking out of the car and I think his parents were in the car and he had been walking up and, you know, messed with people that were in the carpool line, I think, at the school. So body cam video showed that neither uh, Pueblo County Sheriff's Office deputy that took any life-saving measures or tried to provide first aid to the wounded suspect, who was Richard Ward, after Deputy Charles McWhorter shot him. And that's where the Denver Post, uh, Denver Post reported the fatal shooting was investigated in uh, October of 2022. And they announced the decision not to charge either the deputies involved in the incident. And Chaucer said that he found the, the lethal use of force by Deputy McWhorter justifiable because he feared for his life and acted reasonably. And I think of that in this when they're ejecting this guy out of the car and stuff. I think that he ended up what grabbing the uh, the deputy's gun. The prosecutor explained in a letter that the deputy told investigators that Ward was grabbing at his duty belt. He was afraid the suspect would get his gun. Ward's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the deputy and six other law enforcement officers uh, complaining that uh, unlawfully that he was unlawfully detained and uh, you know that her boyfriend was killed, yada, yada. It says this was nothing short of a state-sanctioned murder of a citizen who should not have uh, been arrested, let alone killed in broad daylight, and that was Daryl uh, Kilmer, an attorney for Ward's family. And it also alleged that the deputies and Cassandra Gonzalez recklessly and deliberately escalated the situation throughout the encounter. So, look, let's take another commercial break. We will be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and only company that offer a step-by-step program where they take you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett and uh, Attorney Ken Afianco. So, You know, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to assure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can also get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledge people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. You know, we uh, just got talking, got done talking about a new story with a video component about a Colorado deputy cleared in the fatal shooting of a man that was resisting arrest in the carpool line. We covered the story earlier on Leo Roundtable, um, probably a couple months ago. So if there's uh, no comments on that, we will jump to our next one then. And let's see, uh, you know, we're making good time by covering a lot of these stories that we haven't had time to get to. So our next one, we have Kobe Bryant family settles the photo lawsuit for twenty eight point five million dollars. Now, think about that settlement. I see David. I saw the hand, David. But yeah, that's almost 30 million. And but that's in L.A. So that explains a lot. So I'm not going to get into that whole debacle. But yeah, almost 30 million settlement for that debacle involving the, the uh, photographs. Now we have a court reversing. A uh, Alabama officer's 2021 murder conviction in the death of a suicidal man. So the court actually reverses. And I just came up upon this. You know, uh, we're, so we're in Huntsville, Alabama. William Ben Darby, uh, the Huntsville police officer convicted of murder for shooting and killing a suicidal man five years ago, will get a new trial. Now, we have talked about this case quite a bit. David has gone into great detail on this cop, you know, kind of like, you know, he just kind of came in. I think he's from another agency and he kind of took charge. But the Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals uh, released a unanimous opinion reversing his conviction, sending the case back to Madison County for a new trial. The appeals court ruled that Madison County uh, Circuit Judge Donna uh, Pate, that's P-A-T-E, should have instructed the jury to decide the case from the perspective of a reasonable police officer. And here's a quote saying that the opinion confirms our position that police officers are under a different standard when it comes to a self-defense situation. And this is attorney uh, Robert Tootin said this. He's one of Darby's defense attorneys. It's different than the average person because police are expected to go in the dangerous situations as part of their job. We have a lot of uh, civilians that don't understand, um, you know, the the uh, uh, any any a different standard for officers or how officers are or Potentially treated differently in court on this stuff. Darby serving a 25-year sentence in prison right now. He shot and killed Jeff Parker in April uh, of 2018, after Parker called 911, threatening to shoot himself in his own home. And just in short, uh, female officer was there conversing. With him. He had a gun, I think, to his head, and this cop comes in. He sees what's going down, and that she's just too close. To another cop too, and he just he just. He, he takes care of business and puts the guy out of his misery. So um, any comments on that? Any surprises? I mean, I, I'm surprised they've overturned it, but um, I don't get anything from anybody. Uh, Lieutenant Kroll?
1: I just, I, I think reasonable falls somewhere between the two officers there. Um, the first, the, the female on site, you're, you're standing there with a guy that's got a gun in his hand and you're just going to negotiate with him. Get out of there. Way too close. And then the other officer kind of places him in that situation to come in and in essence, protect her. Um, but you're dealing with a suicidal person. I've never been one to really back out and negotiate it or to solve the issue there. But I think this is clearly one that there's something to be said. Just back—it's a guy going to take his own life. Back out of there and let the negotiators do their thing. Um, I, I wish him the best in a new trial. Is—is is it a murder? I don't believe so. Um, but somewhere in the middle there is a reasonable. This is and that's get out of the house negotiate with the guy and wait him out or let him pass out or whatever the case may be. If he takes his own life, so be it. But you don't want to force the issue, but you don't want to stand in his line of fire. If he changes his mind to make you do the dirty work also. Uh, I, I think that it's a cluster all the way around.
0: You know, do you, do you, I mean, look, they're making a big point about her testifying against him. And of course he did arguably he does action to protect her. Cause he thought, you know, he was a more, he had a lot more experience than her. Um, do you, uh, is that, a, is that any kind of a news story? Do you think at all? David.
3: Yeah. uh, Well, the fact that any tactical, tactically adept um, officer is going to say that she's an idiot for standing there six feet in front of a guy that's a a suicidal guy that's got a gun in his hand and just standing there. We we did one of these scenarios, you know, me and Ward. Uh, You're going to lose that. You're going to lose that uh, that contest almost every time. Except if you're me and you're that fast, but anyways, <laughs> I guess it Um, uh, You know, it's it's just that's just a tough position to be in. And we, we argued about this back and forth before. You know, they they were both. If if you wanted to put some blame on it, I mean, from from his standpoint, being a senior officer on the scene, he should have, I would have hoped, tried to get her and the other officers out of the place. If there's nobody else in the house with a guy, who cares? Get out. Uh, if you're protecting another person, okay. You got reason to be there, but if he's by himself, get out of the place, get some cover. Don't be stupid like that. But it happened like it happened, so that's what we're dealing with. Um, and as we've said before, a lot of times when you get the the true facts start coming into court, and judges give improper instructions, and Ken loves that sort of stuff. Um, it goes back to uh, a retrial. So uh, again, good luck to him. I don't think it. I don't think it deserves twenty five years, uh, regardless of what the female cop says. She was as big an idiot as anybody.
0: And and maybe it's locale because we covered a story. I think it was NYPD or, or, or if it wasn't NYPD, I think it was a New York agency. Remember we had a, a former military guy became a cop. I think he was, um, I think he was still rookie status, but he was handling, he had a guy suicide, had a gun out to his head. Other cops, this guy's negotiating, like the term you just used, David, two other cops show up and they just pulled, put a bullet in the, in the, uh, in the guy that was suicidal. And they end up firing the former military guy as a cop because he risked his own life and the other officers.
3: Right, a, a little bit different because the guy that he was dealing dealing with was outside, so the potential for bullets going places and innocent civilians walking by or something like that. You've got a little bit more of a dynamic there rather than inside a house, um, but still the same thing. You're you're in. I mean, if if you want to go and you and your veteran friend want to go off and commit suicide together, God bless you. But not in public like that. No, that was that was a bad scenario for him to expose the public to, not just himself. Um, and that's, that's really not your duty to uh, put yourself in that kind of harm's way, uh, regardless of whether or not it's, 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 you know, you're a police officer responding to a call, you still have to take into effect that, or into account, that you just don't walk out in the open like that. And there's another story, if we get to it, that's almost that way that kind of goes the other direction.
0: Well, we got three. We got just under three minutes. The next one, I've, I've already got queued to go. It's on Rumble. This is butter. Body cam shows the suspect fatally shooting himself when officers arrive.
2: Show me your hands. Stop. It can be very short. Put the gun down. No. Put the gun down. Don't no. on a gunpoint, 55th in Tennessee. Put the gun down. No. Do it
1: now. Do it now. I
0: don't
3: have to. chop <sighs> right, shot
2: hard. Shots fired. <sighs> me down. medics to
0: fifty. After he shot his ex and her mom, so Metro Police uh, Department. So Metro Police, a fifty-four-year-old man, he shot his girlfriend's mother and the girlfriend didn't kill him. Uh, the suspect tried to carjack a vehicle that went South and then he, uh, he gets on foot. So police approach him. And the suspect allegedly shot himself under the chin that died by suicide. There's not only, I think it's a dash cam and there's a body cam with us. So police said 16 year old veteran of the department, Sergeant Honeycutt shot, uh, reactively. And you hear and see the shot after the gunman shot himself, but did not hit the man. Uh, both the women were in the hospital with non-life threatening injuries. That's the way that went down. Uh, what about what about both videos kind of all what do you think
3: yeah this is what i was talking about you, you have a sergeant experienced um i i hope or i think he had a lot more information that i would have said hit the guy with your car instead of stopping and getting out into space with this guy and then walking him down with a, with both of you with guns in your hands um so But again, you're a police officer at this point. You've got to you've got to do something. You've got an armed guy that's already shot two people walking down the street. You've got to do something. Um, You can't just let this guy wander the neighborhood and run into another person. And God knows what happens then. So it's either hit him with the car or, or engage, which he did. The guy shoots himself. And, you know, I know his finger had already taken up at least two and a half pounds of that four pound trigger pull. Because when that guy shot himself, he re- reflexively, bang, this startle response made him crack off a round. And you heard him go, oh, what he did. So you know where he was physically and mentally. He was on the edge already. Um, but a really bad scenario that you're kind of lost saying, what do you do? Hit him with your car or get out and confront him, one or the other.
0: Oh, yeah, that was uh... – yeah. little pucker factor there. You know, um, I, 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 was, I, even though I read the title when it happened, when it went down, I wasn't expecting it to go down when it did. Um, oh,
3: he, he walked him
0: mean. down
3: the cop walked him down on the street. I mean, uh, you want to talk about the okay corral. He was walking him down. Uh, it was, uh, he had his, he had his stuff in a wheelbarrow behind him, but wow, that was, that was a tough one.
0: No, I, I agree. I agree. And look, we just got just seconds before we, uh, we, we wrap it up, but, um, but look, I'm glad we had these two stories back to back, and there's a, a a video component, you know, with them as well, with both of them actually. So uh, I think it's valuable uh, for cops to be thinking about. But again, it depends on what jurisdiction I think that you're that you're working in too, because uh, you know what you do in one jurisdiction uh, may not be okay and okay in another one. So, uh, but a a great show. Thank you guys. Now, transitioning here for our last 60 seconds here, I do want to give a shout-out. Before uh, Bob Kroll goes and talks about you know their line by uh, Liz Collin, uh, I do want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, MotionDSP, GullsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Also, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, um, streaming to your Facebook pages. Thanks so much. Now, Bob Kroll, uh, hold up that book again. Uh, take that mic off the mute and tell our, our viewers how they can uh, how they can find your book.
1: Thanks, Chip. Uh, go to com, and that's the website for the book. All the information's right there. It gives you what it's all about, but uh, it's by my wife, Liz Collin. The book, They're Lying, The Media of the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. It's a great insight into all the dynamics from her perspective and my perspective as the Minneapolis Police Federation president, or her, a local reporter, anchor. So, must see. Thanks.
0: I just finished the book. It is awesome. Check it out, guys.